Hey everyone, how are you? I hope you are having an amazing day or evening, depending on when you are here. We have a really cool episode for you guys today. So today I am going to be talking with Laura from the Kick-Ass in Life podcast. And we had a really cool and amazing conversation about some really fun out-of-the-box ways that you can stand out in the interview process. So stick with me. You are listening to the Career Talk Learn, Grow, Thrive podcast, where we talk about all things career-related, and I really just tell you how it is. I am your host, Stephanie Dennis. My background is in human resources, which is what I have my master's degree in. My passion is really helping others and sharing my knowledge, which is why we're here. This is a good time to mention this podcast does contain adult language. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on the Career Talk Learn Girl podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to chat with you. So I work as a video producer at a large television network. I work at Discovery Networks, and that's what I do in my day job. I'm a creator and a storyteller, and I create these digital videos. And on the side, I am so impassioned, I want other to help others in their career. So that led me to create my own podcast called the Kick-Ass in Life podcast, which I'm so excited about. The goal is to really help people get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a little little happier and healthier. And I just released an ebook about kick-ass in your career to help people on that path that that really want that extra kick and that want to stand apart in their career. So that's what keeps me busy. And I love it. I live in New York City and it is, um, there's no limit of fun things to do here. So I love exploring. And um, But I'm so happy to chat with you because I love your podcast and and I think the mission is really, really incredible to help people in their careers. So happy to have this conversation with you. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you. And I have to say, I love your mission. Like when you reached out, I like saw your email signature. I'm like, done. Like, I don't even need to listen to her podcast. I don't need to like look at her website. Like I know we're going to have a good conversation. So let's just dive right in. You have some tips around uh, essentially how to stand out. So what do you recommend people to do in order to stand out in their job search? Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that the thing you have to think about in a job search is you are competing with so many people around you. And and it's not necessarily a competition, but if you think about early in your career, you have a resume that is so similar to the, the person you graduated with, to this other person. And so it's trying to think about those things, are the, the ways that you can really stand apart and get noticed. And so it has to do with all of the branding that's around you. So your resume your website, your portfolio, in your email communications, it's the portrait of you that you're portraying out into the out into the world and in as you're applying. So the first step is to really hone in on who you are, what kind of job seeker you are, and get your marketing materials up to stuff because it is tough out there. It can be really challenging to even get your foot in the door because you apply to this black hole of applications. So you have to do the things that others don't do in order to get noticed and working on your marketing materials and doing things that really stand apart. So one way, your resume. like Your resume is so, so important. Recruiters, they look at it three seconds and you're, you're on to the, they're on to the next one. So what is it going to really captivate them within those first three seconds that's going to get them to pause, to read further? And that's to make it stand apart by making it look good. Give it, design it, add color to it, make it stand apart. Because the way, as you know, Stephanie, the way that recruiters are looking at these, they're looking at it online and they're going through hundreds upon hundreds of resumes at the same time. And so anything that will stand apart, so adding color, 
looking for a design online that you like and maybe modeling something after that is number one in my eyes. And then number two for that is to make the content really good in your resume. So being specific, adding numbers, showing how not just that you just did these things or using really strong language to indicate the impact of that you had on the organization that you worked for and selling yourself because it matters. Absolutely. I love that. So what is like something super unique that you've done or you've seen done that it goes above and beyond in terms of getting, you know, either yourself or someone to stand out like you've never seen before? That's a great question. And something that I always do in all of the times that I interview for a position. So let's say I already have gotten through the screening call. Uh, I'm on the in-person interview. So what I always do is I create what's called a leave behind. So this is a term that I use. um, And that is, I think other people do it as well, but it's basically creating this free work for the organization that you bring to the interview and you quote unquote, leave behind. So what does that look like? So for example, so I'm a video producer, I come up with video creative ideas for organizations and for brands. And so when I go into a job interview, I think about how can I really improve this organization? What are some, maybe some video ideas that I could pitch that could be really unique and that they may be able to understand how I think and how I work and shows that how how I want to go above and beyond. So what I'll do is I'll put together a deck with um, so a presentation with all my ideas with little um, write-ups for what the episodes are. And when I go into the interview, I'll have my interview. I will keep this. I have printed it out and ready to leave it behind. When it feels natural as part of the conversation, what I'll do is I'll say, well, I really was so excited about this opportunity. I wanted to share with you. I hope you don't mind, but I wanted to take some time and to think about some ideas, video ideas that I think could be really great for your organization. I took a look at your website. I tried to get a sense of the voice for the type of videos you make. And here are five video ideas for different series that I think would be great if you made. These are just for you. They're free. They're Take them. I wanted to show you how excited I was for this opportunity and how interested I was and, um, and just show you a little bit of the way I think. And people are very impressed by that. I will say that. And I do this for every every job interview that I have. And sometimes I get the job. That's great. Sometimes I don't. But when I don't get the job, I get an email that says, Laura, thank you so much for your thoughtful you know, presentation. It was really incredible to, to hear how you work. We ended up going with a different candidate, but I really hope you stay in touch. That's just adding to the network of people I know. And, and that made me feel really good. And it was worth spending the extra time doing that. Yeah, no, that's a game changer because often, of course, as as a recruiter, most of those emails are just automated through the system. You know, we try and make them as creative and cute and fun as we can, but at the end of the day, like it's it's a generated, you know, rejection email. However, if someone to your point does go, you know, above and beyond, it almost feels awkward to send them that rejection. So it's definitely a way to get yourself to stand out. And I love that. I know people, especially in the creative space can always come up with like super amazing ideas. <laughs> like the leave behind is great. I've seen this little, I don't even know how to describe it, almost like a little paper box sort of deal. And you open it and there's all these different square card stock, you know, very well designed little cards that essentially walks them in through what would be a normal paper resume. So I've seen some super amazing, you know, very creative things. And I think when you're in that creative space, those ideas kind of flow naturally. Is there anything for people who maybe like, are in legal or in accounting. And I say those people aren't creative, but it may not be, you know, natural to them, like things 
or ideas that they could do? Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, I think that that approach can work for anything because it could be trying to think about a way to improve a workflow. You know, it could be something as simple as trying to suggest a way of doing something that might save the company money. And maybe you don't have all the information, but that's okay. It just shows that you are the type of person who is going to go above and beyond, who's going to look at a problem and come up with some kind of solution. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, super, super creative. It could just be super practical. But anything to show how you're a little bit different than everybody else is really great. And it's also about thinking about what is the story of you that you want to communicate to the recruiting or the hiring manager? Because you are not just your resume. You have you have a personality, you have passions, you have things that you're excited about. So bring all of you to the interview and cater that story of you to the job you're applying for. But don't lose sight of that you're a whole person and you have these interests and you have maybe these side hustles or these things that are you. So it's honing in on that story of you to really set yourself apart from the competition a little bit. So thinking about the ways that what makes you a little bit unique. So for example, I, after graduation, when I graduated from college, I went to Spain for a year to teach English. I went to a rural village in Spain, in the middle of nowhere, and I taught English there. And it was a very hard experience, uh, but ultimately was very incredible because I started a, a blog where I would go out into the community and interview people in Spanish because I wanted to improve my Spanish and I wanted to understand the community. And then everyone in the community started to get to know me and they would invite me to fun, interesting things like a Spanish matanza, which is a traditional pig slaughter or a wedding or going falconing. So I started to do these really unique things. And when I came back from that experience and moved to New York, you better believe I mentioned that when I was networking and I was telling people the story of, oh, I was just in rural Spain teaching English and I did all these really interesting things. Um, and now I'm here and I'm looking for a job and seeing what's next. So, but it would, it, it was a really good indication of who I was as a person. So not losing sight that you are a, a whole complete person and something within your experience can help get someone really excited about hiring you. So I'm curious, when you came back, because obviously, you know, teaching English in rural Spain is very different. And I don't know if you went right into being a video producer, but transitioning to any corporate job is really different. Was that challenging for you? Or like, what did that that process look like? Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I think moving to New York without a job was the biggest challenge. So what I did was I found a place to sublease. And uh, after staying on some friends' couches for a while, but I found a, a cheap place to sublease. And I actually went to the temping route. So I had all this video production experience. I had a really good education and really good internship experience. But I wanted to stay in New York because I wanted, I knew that I couldn't just get a job on my mom's couch in Kansas, um, applying to jobs in New York. So I moved to New York and that's where I wanted to be. And I started temping. So I answered phones for a commercial real estate company. Pretty boring uh, work, but there was a small enough office and then they, they started to really enjoy me. I brought some fresh energy to the office. And so they had relationships with everybody in the building because it's commercial real estate. And so they started introducing me to uh, different people in the building who might need somebody with my skills and experience, which is really great. And so what I did is I, uh, you know, started meeting with companies and I met with a woman who owns a video production company. And I went in for an interview for a receptionist job and, and she looked at my resume with all this video production experience. And she said, well, you have too much experience to be a 
to be an office manager. Let me try you out uh, shooting and editing video freelance and we'll see where it goes. But that was the first time somebody really took a chance on me. So I, I did that freelance work and she ultimately hired me. And that was my first uh, first full-time job in, in New York. But it did take a lot of tenacity. It took a lot of hard work, being willing to temp just so I could stay in the city that so I can continue to network. Because I think it's so, so important to be in the city where you're looking for a job so you can just get that FaceTime. So I would network every night. And I just needed one person to take a chance on me. And, you know, she she ultimately took a chance on me. And I, and I think she was so happy that, that she found me. And I was really happy to find that experience. But there was a challenge, not so much like transitioning into the corporate world, although going from like rural Spain where you're teaching 12 hours per week to uh, a nine to five was a challenge, but it was more, you know, it was more just finding that first opportunity and sticking with it until you found somebody that could um, take a chance on you. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's so true because I have moved, I moved from Minnesota to San Diego, California, and everyone's like, wait, where are you going to be working? Where are you going to be living? I'm like, I don't know, but this is where I want to live. So I'm doing this. So get on board and support me or like, stop talking to me about it. you know. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, but stuff, you can't just move across the country without a place to live and without a job, because obviously you need a job in order to apply for an apartment. And I was like, but I can though. So I'm doing it. So again, let's, let's all get on board or just like, you know, don't essentially like I was trying to like tell people like, I'm going to do this, either support me or like, don't like try and like bring me down with your own self doubts. Cause like, that's on you, right? Your self doubt about you being able to do this is is your issue. That's not my issue. But it took a lot of work. Probably, I would say, two or three months before I actually made the physical move, I was reaching out to people online. I was applying to jobs like crazy. I was setting up phone interviews. I like set myself up for success. So the first week I was in California, I was going on interviews. So by week two or three, I had an offer. So then I could go get my apartment. And you know, it all ended up working out. And of course, there was, you know, backup plans and plan B and plan C just in case. But I agree, like you have to be local, you have to be available. Otherwise, it's like if someone else can come here on Monday afternoon for the job, but you can't get here till next Thursday. I mean, I'm already hiring that person and they're going to have to be available. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I was, I found myself in this situation where I was on my mom's couch in Kansas applying for these jobs and I got called for an interview in New York and I was like, okay, I'll be there. And I didn't even tell them that I wasn't in New York. I was applying to yeah. NI and I, you know, I flew to New York I, the next day and then I had the interview the following day and I did not get the job, but, and I just stayed. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm here. I'm here now. And it made so much more sense to be there. But I love what you said about contacting people in advance of moving. I think that's really smart. And I think recent grads can do that when they're still in school, just to have those introductory conversations because it's so much about who you know. So it's just about having those, building those conversations, building those relationships, trying to find out so much about the different roles and also like not being afraid to just get started somewhere. And this was something that I definitely struggled with early on in my career. It was just, um, it didn't sound like the perfect job to me. And so that I was scared because if I started something that wasn't, didn't feel perfect, that I felt like I would be stuck. But it's so mm. not true. Like you can start somewhere and it doesn't mean you're going to end up there. Like I've heard this theory of like a career is like a jungle gym. And I love that because it's not a ladder. Like you, yes, you can climb up a ladder, but also you can like play and explore and see what really interests you. So you can start somewhere and just get started, get the experience because you're going to learn no matter what you're doing. 
Learn as much as you can. Learn what you like. Learn what you don't like. But just get started because you can always move to something else. You can pivot. You can leverage the experience you had doing that thing that you weren't that excited about into getting something that you're more excited about. So not being afraid to you know make a decision because you can always change your mind later on down the line. Yeah, absolutely. And what's great about that is one, people are never stuck. But two, you have to, like you said, you have to just start. You have to try. You have to get out there. And if it doesn't work, worst case scenario is you have to find a new job. Like big deal. Like that, you know, you've already done that. So you've already proven you can do that and you're successful at it. So at the end of the day, like your risk really isn't that big. And even moving across the country, no job, no apartment. I'm like very, very worst case scenario. Like plan Z is I drive back to freezing ass cold Minnesota. And I get another job, like big deal. I've done that over you know and over. You can, like, yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for me, I, this may or may not help other people depending on their personality type. But I always think about, okay, absolute worst case scenario. And it's like, really though, is that that big of a deal? Like, not really. Like in that scenario, like I would have gotten to spend a few weeks in California and I would have came back home, you know, like big deal. So I always think that's helpful too. If people are have like a fear of like starting or like moving forward or just saying yes and, and getting something done is just always think, okay, worst case scenario, like, oh, get a new job. Yeah. No, no big deal. No, so that's awesome. So what other things would you recommend for people to stand out in their job search to get their resumes noticed, you know, getting hired, doing something other people aren't doing? Yeah. Like I mentioned before, I think getting your marketing materials really up to speed, I think does really set you apart. So getting a URL that is your, um, starting to put together a website, especially for me in the creative field. And and for a lot of others, I think it's important to start building a body of work, a portfolio of the type of work that you do and, and catering whatever portfolio makes the most sense for you. So you might be a writer. And so you you're, you curate the best clips if you're writing. Or for me, I'm a video producer. So I'm going to curate the best video clips or maybe put together a sizzle of my experience. Um, so So putting together your marketing materials and making them really shine and show that that story of you. And then beyond that, I think it is really, as I mentioned, about building relationships and networking. So I think that networking kind of gets this bad reputation because it sounds icky. And I think when I first started mm-hmm. in New York, I wasn't really sure how to do it the right way. Um, I would go to a lot of events and meet a lot of people and exchange a business card, but I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of building a relationship, uh, which now I so much, I, that's how I think about networking. And it has really helped me because thinking about networking, not as transactional, but rather as um, how you can help the other person with something that maybe they're thinking about, or there's just so many different ways to network the right way and trying to figure out ways, like I mentioned, to help people to follow up with them again. If they introduce you to somebody, you're following up with them and saying, oh, that went really, that meeting went really well. Thank you again for connecting me. So it's starting to build this web of connections because then you can maybe they're at a job that you are interested in working at, or they know somebody who is. And so then they can start connecting you to those people because you want to do everything you can to avoid getting in that black hole of application. So when you, yeah, when you apply to a role that you then know somebody in that, that company or that you can reach out to and say, Hey, listen, I was so excited about this opportunity. I applied. Do you know anybody who is responsible for this role or who might know a little bit more about it? I'd love to chat with them further or I'd love to be considered or somehow reaching out. And, and Stephanie, you probably know how to do this in the, the right way. So you're not annoying a recruiter, but I do think that little extra step to, um, 
to reach out and let them know how interested you are in the opportunity can really help. Because even when I'm just hiring for interns and and somebody does the extra work of finding out who I am and sharing their materials with me, I like that because it shows a little bit of extra courage and tenacity that a little bit extra doing what other people don't do in order to get noticed in the job search, which is so important. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. And it's so true. And, you know, I think as long as people go about it the right way, like, hey, I've applied. So I did my part, right? I've done the application because that's like step one A, which I always think is interesting. (laughs) I haven't applied. I'm like, okay, great. So there's the application to that job you're talking about that you saw online that you didn't apply to. Um, And so it's just, it's more awkward and clunky that way. But anyways, reach out, say you've applied, express your interest, you know, and it does show tenacity for sure. And then I always like to acknowledge like, hey, I know you may not be the right person. Could you point me in the right direction? Or if someone isn't the right person, just being able to take that for what it is. Because I know sometimes, I don't know, people are weird about it sometimes. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, I I would love to help you, but I I genuinely don't know. You know, Uh, It's like, I'm on a PA team of 500 people and I don't know all 500 of them yet. So (laughs) my bad. (laughs) But anyway, no, that's awesome. And thank you so much for sharing all your insights and your tips. Where can people find Yeah, thank you. So as I mentioned, I have a podcast, Kick-Ass in Life. You can get more information on my website, kickassin.life. Yes, that's a URL. Um, I just released a new book on Amazon, (laughs) uh, Kick-Ass in Your Career. And um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, kickassin.life. But I do this to really help people in their career. So if you have any questions at all, feel free to email me kickassinyourlife at gmail.com. Because I do this because I want to help. I want to help people um, in their career because I was I was where they were not too long ago and not finding success with the traditional job path of just apply. Okay, I got my notification. I I applied. Check that one off the list. Like it really does take this extra layer of work, which I um appreciate you know, podcasts like yours and, and having my own so I can really help help people target in on what's not working in their in their job search so that they can get hired fast. Yeah, exactly. Just break down the barriers. It doesn't have to be a secret. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> you found that podcast interview with Laura so awesome. I know I did. As always, thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to the episode. I really do appreciate it. You can find more information in the show notes over at stephdennis13.com and that is also in the link. I will include how to find Laura's podcast and the direct link to that in the show notes and over on the website as well. If you want to learn how we can work together, head over to listen to careertalk.com for more information and you can support the show one of two ways. You can do it directly via PayPal or if you have the Anchor app, you can do it directly there as well. Also super cool, if you have the Anchor app, you can leave me a voicemail. So that's A-N-C-H-O-R at the Anchor podcast app and you just search for the podcast and then right on the main page, there's a button there that says leave a message. So I would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please take some time to leave a rating and or review. It really does help others find us. And you can find me over on the socials, mostly Facebook and Instagram over at at StephDennis13. You guys are so awesome and amazing.